picture so grand, so magnificent, and so vast, it spans 7,000 years. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Bill. I'm Bill S. Preston! Who was Joan of Arc? And Ted. Noah's wife? We're in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. A force from the future. Can we go anywhere we want at any time? You can do anything you want. Is putting history at their fingertips. Let's reach out and touch someone. They're traveling through time. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the Iron Maiden. Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. How's it going, dude? And they're making a big impression. Historical babes. Now they're home. Everybody get together remember who your buddy is. To trash the 20th century. We got a live one here. Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, Napoleon. We're from history. Billy the Kid. Oh my God. Joan of Arc. Sigmund Freud. Tell me about your mother. You a musician? Beethoven. Genghis Khan! Abraham Lincoln. Party on, dudes! Socrates. George Carlin. We're history. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> Bill and Ted's... Excellent! Excellent! Excellent adventure. Party on, dude. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of 80s Underdog Cinema. An 80s Underdog Cinema podcast show would like to wish everybody a happy 69. Happy Bill and Ted's Day. We're very excited over here at 80s Underdog Cinema for the new Bill and Ted's movie that's going to be coming out called Bill and Ted's Face the Music, which I believe has started production or is about to start production like now. So we're very honored here at 80s Underdog Cinema because we have Miss Diane Franklin on again for a third appearance on this show. And Diane Franklin, of course, played the princess on... Bill and Ted's, the original Bill and Ted's, the classic movie. So how's it Hello, going today, everyone. Diane? Happy Bill and Ted's. Have a most excellent day. <laughs> most excellent. Hey, Rob, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I'm trying to call everybody dude today. That is that is totally excellent. And you know what? I do. I think that uh, the word babe should get a pass today as well. Yes. So, babe. So, you know, you, you got to give it a pass today because... Uh, it is the most excellent, uh, most excellent eighties time, and we need to go back to the the days when it was okay to call it the day. It's for today. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a how's, how's your day going, babe? Oh my gosh, dude! 
uh, it's great. I, I have to say, I love this day because it's just a chance for everybody to stop, you know, all this negative energy and bring some positive energy to the world. And I think it is the perfect day to just appreciate the people, your friends, and, you know, wish everybody an excellent day and, and pass on, you know, being most excellent to each other. I think we just really need a day to just stop and just for one day at least, just be excellent to every person you see today. You know, be excellent to, you know, people at Starbucks because they're going to get the drinks and definitely going to do so. Um, yeah, I just, it's a, it's a, for a lot of holidays, I think this is a great um, celebration for the day 69. Absolutely. I agree, Diane. And, uh, you know, one thing that always stuck out about Bill and Ted and the two princesses, uh, yourself and the actress Kimberly Cates, beautiful actress, is that uh, I think even before Bill and Ted met those bodacious babes, uh, you know, I think that they had in general a positive attitude and a very loving attitude towards everybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, and they're just like two really nice guys, you know, uh, they're cool enough that they're not exactly G-rated, but I would definitely say that they're mm -hmm. two PG rated dudes, like a soft PG, you know, and um, mm -hmm. they were just, uh, I don't know. I really love those characters. I love that movie that you were in. And I think that uh, the princesses were very you positive. On the nose. Yeah. You really hit it on the nose. The two guys, their relationship is like everybody wants to have a relationship with their friend like that, but they soak around and they deep down love each other, but they, you know, they, they also like have, they can mess around with each other and play. And, and even with the girls, you know, it's interesting because these are princesses and, you know, they respect them, but they, you know, there's this, it's not, an, it's not sappy, uh, but it's upbeat and positive energy. And I think, the, you know, Bill and Ted, uh, we just want to be, you know, be like them. We want to emulate their relationship. And, uh, the writers, you know, um, it's Solomon. And Chris uh, Mathis said, Matheson said, you know, that they emulated it on their relationship. And I think that that is, I just think that that's great that that actually exists in the real world. You know, like that their relationship is friends, you know, they just want to show that, you know, people can get along like that. And it's a great role model. Um, and that's why I'm so excited to this week, Village Hit 3, because we're passing this on to the next generation. And, uh, I will say this about Philatus 3, which is interesting. First of all, they're going to start production actually in January next year. So um, right now that they're, you know, they're getting everything ready, um, I don't know if I'm in it, but I do know that the princesses are in it. So we will see. I think this makes it kind of exciting because who knows if I'll be in it or not. I know I have another film coming up um, that's coming out. I, it's gonna, there's, let's look in the fall for something uh, for an Amityville uh, murders um, film coming up that I did uh, which is sort of a remake of a film that I did when I was 20 where I played the daughter and I played the mother but maybe this will be a trend of bringing back films uh, that well, from the 80s which would be I mean a dream come true that would be if I got Bill and Ted 3 you will hear me scream on your podcast uh, where as it is in the world um, because that would be amazing. But because I think it's just great not to be honest if that's possible. So, uh, but I will, oh, I do have something very funny to tell people 
who are uh, listening and who have seen Bill and Ted, the original. When I did that film, um, originally on the script, I was Princess Elizabeth. And when we got to the credits, um, something got mixed up and some, and they called me Princess Joanna. But they do do Bill and Ted 3, I don't know who I would be. I don't know if I would be still Princess Joanna or if I'll be back to Princess Elizabeth because in Bill and Ted 2, my character was Princess Elizabeth with Ted, right? So isn't that, isn't that interesting? So that's a little kind of a nod to the people who know the films and I will be like, hmm, if, if I do come back, who will I be? <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. I, I wonder, yeah. Why did they switch that? A fan just noticed that. I mean, actually, I had not noticed it. And some of fan had seen Bogus and said, well, is, are the princesses swapping guys? Like, what's up? <laughs> and I was like, I, I never thought about that. And I didn't know that the other girl was played by Princess Elizabeth. So we will see, ladies and gentlemen, who, you know, the princesses are. And, and if Kim and I will be able to be back. Well, hopefully, knock on wood, see what happens. You weren't in the Bogus journey, or? No, when they did Bogus, they had two different uh, princesses. And I do not, I, you know, I know the guys wanted us, but, you know, sometimes the directors come in and people want different people. That's why I can't say, like, for sure, Bogus had three, because you never know. People can make changes, and, you know, it's one of those things where I'm, we're just sort of like, Whatever they want to do, they do. So you can never be sure. You have to go, you know, do your best and something happens. Great. So, I mean, if you told me when I was, you know, back in the 80s that I'd be even still talking about Bill and Ted, I would be completely shocked because there's no way that you ever knew, like, when you were doing something that people would remember it or even be able to see it. I mean, the technology has gone so big and so crazy that I have no idea that my kids could watch my movies today. That's unbelievable. I mean, that time, the agency was kind of just starting. I mean, certainly when I was beginning to act, you could not watch things again. You could, you only, if you, you couldn't even put them and like record them. You had to, if something was on TV or in a film, you actually had to make the effort to do everything you had to do, homework, whatever, get it all done. And then, you know, race the TV and watch something or go to the theater and watch it because that was the only time you could see it. And you had to watch it really carefully because you couldn't watch it again unless it came on a rerun or unless it, you know, unless you paid to see the film again. So, it, you know, I think it's just amazing that we can say, oh, you know, I went, oh, you want to watch something when I was a kid? I can bring it up. That is, you know, audiences today, you know, kids do not understand that that's a huge gift the world you know pretty cool so i'm i'm honored <laughs> yeah and uh we're going to be pulling for you and kimberly cates that you you reprise those roles i do like the bogus journey but for me i haven't seen bogus journey in probably like 20 25 years or something uh but mm -hmm. i do rewatch the original bill and ted's quite a bit and oh. in my eyes i mean you and kimberly cates are the princesses so they should definitely bring you back for that role and i think that that would be awesome um, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I just think that it's. Um, I think that when when the after has been so long, I just think it would be a very nice nod to the audience. I mean, it's a, like everybody who knows the first one will enjoy it. 
You know, I think that that's a fun thing. And film itself, I mean, I hear, you know, uh, from Ed Solomon that it's such a great film. And they, you know, the guys, the writers just love the film so deeply. And I think you can't go wrong when somebody puts their heart into it and they love it, you're going to get a great And they, it's very thoughtful. And there's so many films that are being made today that I don't know. Um, you know, it's just you watch something and it's got heart. And I think that that's like so important today. Um, there's a lot of films out there, but the ones that people really care about and love when they make it are the ones that, you know, are going to last a lifetime. I agree. I agree. You know, um, I mean, that first movie is just so phenomenal. And I love the act, the job that the actors did playing the different figures throughout history. Oh and my God, they're so funny. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, so it's not funny. educational really at all. It, I guess it's slightly educational. <laughs> you could maybe stretch it out well, to be slightly educational. I have but... to say to you, it's interesting. Uh, I know that there's a lot of uh, elementary schools and middle schools actually play Bill and Ted's classroom because it just sort of inspires you to like history and be interested in, you know, all the people in, you know, from the past. And I think that's great. I mean, so they, it actually is used for educational purposes, which is wonderful. I mean, and, uh, you know, people like, 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 you know, little papers on it. And I just think it, it just inspires us to think about like history as like real people and, uh, that it's not just facts, but we can, you know, what these people are like. So, um, I, I definitely have to tell you, it is kind of interesting. It, it, I think a lot of films, they can, you know, be brought to an educational place. It's like, great, why not make school fun, right? <laughs> it, you know, school can be excellent, totally excellent as well. I agree. I agree. I mean, if you would go, and honestly, if you, when you were a kid, if your teacher brought Bill and Ted into class, wouldn't you just think that teacher was the coolest? Oh, I would have been really psyched. Um, that movie but, came out in 89, was it? Or what year did that movie come out? I forget. Um, I think it was, I want to say, yeah, 89. I think 89 it came out, 1989. Yeah, I mean, uh, so it's definitely an 80s film. I mean, late 80s be it, but. Yeah. Well, the other thing too about Bill and Ted, you know, last, um, last time the Richmond High was really the first time that that like that kind of character existed with with Spicoli, which is Penn, Sean Penn's character, which was so inspired. I mean, so I, I think it's so interesting. That was like at the beginning of the eighties, like eighty two, and now that Bill and Ted kind of closed the eighties with sort of a nod to that, you know, kind of character kind of interesting i mean that that you know dude excellent that kind of california kind of uh world character really um bookended the 80s and i, I think the still and Ted characters together really made it uh solidified that it, you know what i mean it wasn't just like sean Penn doing it i mean other people throughout the 80s have you know um did that sort of character but not like Bill and Ted. so it is very fun that you know, they kind of bookended um, with film that kind of persona, and it's and it's hysterical. I mean, it's just so funny. Absolutely. And uh, when you shot that movie, where did you shoot it? Oh, that's a great question. That film, um, you know, I didn't work on it very uh, for many days. 
which is really sad. I wish I had spent time with the entire cast. That's the only regret I have going to that I wish the princesses were more involved with the whole group. Um, just because it would have been nice to meet everybody. Because I never met uh, Napoleon or you know Abraham Lincoln or we weren't in that last seat. So it would have been nice to see everybody and meet them. Um, even though we all seem like we're all, everybody knew each other because we're in the same film. Um, but we shot it in, uh, we shot Bill and Ted in Rome, which was supposed to look like England. So we went to Rome and in a castle there at Council. And then we went to, um, we actually shot the ending originally in Arizona. And that was the prom scene. We originally, Bill and Ted, the first one, ended with Bill and Ted taking uh, Princess uh, Elizabeth and Joanna to the prom. And they were so adorable and it was so much fun. Um, but they decided that that ending was not what they wanted the film to end with. Um, I think they wanted the guys to end not sort of, maybe it wasn't, it wasn't so, um, upbeat, uh, or maybe it was just a little bit more conservative. I don't know. They, they wanted to have it just be like their guys and they're going to play their instruments. So we had to reshoot the ending in the Pacific Palisades in the house. Um, so we shot that in, in someone's, you know, garage. Which was really fun because um, George Carlin came. That's what he came, and that was amazing. So maybe actually, I'm thinking about it. I don't know if George was originally at the end of the script in the original one, but he was at the end of the one you know that wound up in the film. And um, yeah, so those are the different places. And uh, I just have to tell you when when we shot it, Bill and Ted, Alex and Keanu, their relationship was so lovely, and like they just. They just, like, were so, first of all, they're just great guys. That's just it, period. They're just really nice guys. And second was their relationship was so, they were like friends, like, they looked like they were friends forever when I met them. Um, they just had this great connection. So it was real. And I just think that's what makes the song so good, because they just had the best time hanging with each other and playing off each other. And, uh... Yeah, and, and also I have to say what's really cool is watching, like, I just saw the a Blu-ray. I've never seen the Blu-ray, and there's, like, a 30th anniversary of Bill and Ted's Blu-ray. And so it was interesting to see all the bonus features of the, of the background and the story as well, which was really fun. So if you haven't picked it out, you should. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see that. I, lo I love bonus features just to get a little bit of mm -hmm. extra background on the characters, even if they do something like that. Um, that's what I... I'm a big Hellboy oh, fan, I, and that's what I really like. Uh, oh, I, just, I have to add yeah. one more thing. I have to add one more thing, which sure. is, um, I, because I just told you about this end of Bill and Ted, the, the one thing that I think was, was missed um, with, with the Bill and Ted changing their ending was, oh, my gosh. So what they did at the prom was that Bill and Ted wore tuxedos, but they cut them off at the knee, and then they wore uh, socks high-top socks, uh, high-top sneakers with socks. And if that had been in the film, like if we, if you would have seen Bill and Ted in 89 with that look, everybody would have gone to the prom with cut off, you know, these, uh, like tuxedo, you know, or like, you know, dress shirt and pants with the pants cut off. At the, everybody. It would have become a huge prom. Because it was so hilarious. It was so Bill and Ted. It would have become like, Iconic. So 
I don't know if that footage is ever going to come out, but you do see a picture of it in the Blu-ray, and we have photos of it, uh, you know, um, but it would have become, I'm just looking at that, I went, oh my gosh, all these computer places really, like, did okay. They were scared, like, getting their pants cut and everything to to do this, because it was so funny. I think that would have been cooler if they did, if they just rocked yeah. that, that oh scene gosh. instead of the yeah, full huge. tuxedos. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It was great. So, um, but anyway, I'm sorry, you were saying. Oh, I was just, I was going to go off on a tangent about not not on a tangent, but I was just going to mention that um, that's what I, I own this uh, Hellboy two DVD, and uh, I'm mm-hmm. a really big fan of the story and the characters. But that's what I really like about the DVD is that. Guillermo del Toro, who uh, directed the movie, uh, got permission from the creator of the com- of the comic book uh, the, and the characters mm-hmm. just basically to go to take them kind of take their backstories like into the stratosphere. And I just really appreciated that because you never really knew about their personalities, like beyond what was mm-hmm. on the yeah. pages and in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And Guillermo del Toro is such a fan and he's so creative that he basically just kind of took the characters into these very interesting directions by providing some additional history. So it would be nice if somebody, uh, maybe even the, uh, maybe even Keanu and Alex maybe, or whoever, or um, got to write somewhat of a backstory for, I mean, we know that they're like party dudes. We know all this stuff, but we know that the princesses, you know, are medieval babes or, you know, and stuff like this, but it'd be nice to have kind of an additional, um, uh, in between Layers, the lines, kind yeah. of gray area story that about their histories that you didn't quite know about. Then, yeah. yes, you know, actually, that's kind of interesting, even for like a, a bonus feature for the writers to do, sort of going, well, this is the backstory. Although, in actually, in the Blu-ray, they did talk about actually in the Blu-ray, they did talk about the backstory a little bit. They did say like the guys who were so very different. They were uh, Alex and Keanu did think about their. Um, who they were, and you know, like uh, I think um, Keanu's like the dad was very strict, and you know, that's the military dad, and like he had to do what his dad better. You know, he got sent to military school, and you know, um, Alex had like this broken up marriage, like his dad remarried another girl from high school, and it's all taken kind of light, but at the same time, it's very real and kind of like how do you deal with stuff like when you have tragedy to family or something goes, when you've got something to deal with that not easy and how do you deal with it and I think actually it's interesting because guys they don't get down about it they just kind of go alright like they take it and then they go to the next level they go you know what What this is, I have a bad life I just have to figure out how to do it with it as opposed to getting just depressed which I think that attitude in that head we, we don't look at Bill and Ted and say oh these guys we feel bad for them. we look at Bill and Ted and go well they have a bad you know they've got a bad situation but they're going to figure their way out of it and I think that head is something that sometimes people can forget. Like they might, you know, you gotta, you got, you gotta get your head in the right place in order to fix situations. And it doesn't just come to you. There's a solution to every problem. There really is, but it comes out of not letting the situation take over. Does that make sense? And making you down. Like you have to have that attitude of, I'm going to fix. And that's what those two guys do. You know, they don't want to go to military. You know, he's not going to go to military. So he's going to find a way out. And they just put their energy towards fixing the problem rather than um, accepting it and finding their, and 
thinking there's no way out. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, you know, I think that, um, I mean, they're heroes, really, because you yeah. think about it, you know, that's what a hero does. Like, I consider myself the opposite of a hero, because usually when adversity happens in my life, I kind of like stew on it and get miserable. Well, and then I have a tendency to like rub Bill off. And, that's like Better Off Dead with John Cusack. Right. Character. Yes. Yes. Right. You sit in the, and like I said, you said, we talking about the underdogs, the person who like, oh, for me, like, what am I going to do? Right. You go to that place first, which is natural. That's normal. Everyone like gets that first, you know, and then you have to sort of decide, do you want to just live that life or do you want to do something about it? Right. But continue. Yeah. I, that's what I, that's why I like talking with you, Diane, because you really kind of know you get in, into the, um, the, uh, the emotions of these eighties movies, but I never even mm-hmm. quite realized that, but you know, it's funny because you know, like just to bring it on a better off dead tangent for a second as my favorite movie yeah. of all time. And I think I can really relate well, to that. I love that movie. <laughs> What's that? I love it too. Go on. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, most, I mean, that's really why I started this podcast a few years ago. And uh, you were the first guest that I had in mind uh, because like one of my, my yeah. favorite eighties movie character is definitely Monique. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just because you're extremely, you're extremely cute and all that. And, you know, and the accent is great. And, uh, but also because she just kind of does not accept failure. Like it's like, she has every but, you know, and, and you know what? This is very much uh, about like kind of who I am. Uh, it's not uh, uh, my feeling about it, and we're talking this is so true. Is that life is full of problems, and uh, and let me just tell you, you can find a problem. If you don't have a problem, well, you can go find one. There's so many. So it, since you have to just understand that life is full of, you can be problems, but they're also be on the other side of a problem is the challenges. Right? Like it, a problem is negative, but a challenge is positive, right? So every day you're going to come up against problems. So your choice is am I going to fold over and accept it as a problem, or am I going to sort of say, you know what, it's a challenge? And if it's challenging me, well, am I going to stand up to it or not? Like, and it doesn't mean like you have to be the greatest person. It just means that you have to calm yourself down and look at it and go, you know what, I'm going to find a way to fix it. And it's going to be just, I'm going to try. And, you know, you're no worse off than you were not going after it, right? But there's something about deciding for yourself, like, you know, I'm going to go after it. I'm going to try it. And and, it's, and honestly, like, if you have that head, I'm telling you, you're going to fix it. Um, and I think what I – and I'm going to bring it back to, like, I have to bring it back now. You know, with Better Off Dead, that was, like, about suicide, right? And we've recently had a couple of suicides recently. And these were people who, you know, one would on the outside, it was, um, you know, Anthony Bourdain and also um, uh, lovely Kate Spade, you know, it's like what gifts they give to the world. Okay, they give gifts to the world. These people have, they have a purpose in the world to bring happiness to other people, and they did. But for some reason, they, at a certain point, didn't get off their own back, and they made they took a situation where we all look and go why did you do that to yourself we need you and we think you're awesome but for them what they did was they took a situation and they didn't see their value maybe in the world and they 
got too hard on themselves. Do you know what I mean? And what we try to do in life is say, you know what? Get off your back. Be, you know, be nice to yourself and do your best and don't let others in the world, you know, be your, judge you. Like, don't take everyone's judgment too hard. Don't take it to heart. It's your life and take it back, right? And nothing, you know, if you decide, like, you know, nothing is worse than not being in the world, right? I mean, so if you can just get off your own back and say, instead of focusing on what you didn't do, but instead of focus, like, what do you want to do? And just make it lighter, you know? And I think Bill and Ted, you know, they take it and they go, I'm just not going to put that pressure on myself. I'm going to, like, make it upbeat. You know, I'm going to just say, what can I do? And it doesn't, you know, it, it can be like in within a day. You can change your head immediately and you can get into that head perspective in, in a positive head in a minute. Stop surrounding yourself with negative people. Stop surrounding yourself with people who, um, or situations that make you feel going into yourself, you know, like getting down on yourself. Um, you, in life, if we, if everybody treated themselves like they wish they had been treated, my God, everyone would, you know, be so happy, right? But stop treating yourself like other people who are horrible. Stop it. It's, it's ridiculous. It makes no sense. And um, I don't know. Then, then magic can happen. To me, that's the real magic. And and I think when you watch films like Better Off Dead or Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, it gets you into a head where you believe anything is possible. And, you know, you believe you can make things happen. And that's very And so there are many films that are Oscar-winning films, that are amazing, wonderful films. But when you come away from a film and you feel great, that's a valuable film. That's me. So bam on that, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know this is like a, a six nine podcast, you know, about Bill and Ted's. But just to bring it back to Better Off Dead for a second, Diane, and um, I absolutely agree with you, definitely. But I just kind of want to bring up this um, observation that I had just had is that Monique, like she didn't quite say like, cause Lane was not a positive person <laughs> like to her, especially, Yeah. You know, but she, she didn't was, yeah, give up on him. Yeah. She saw the greatness in him though. So it's, mm -hmm. I guess it's kind of like, you know, uh, she was in love, like even when he was on in dis such a state of despair, she, Oh yeah. It was love sure. at first sight, like mutually, but he kind of was so bent on himself that he, didn't mm -hmm. quite know how to reciprocate that love that he definitely felt for her a little bit early on. And he was also just so mm -hmm. obsessed with Beth, but she kind of sensed some kind of future greatness in him. So she stuck with him, even though he was perhaps very negative, you know, for the whole. Mm -hmm. first oh, okay. Half of that so movie. first of all, Mooney doesn't take no for an answer. And I think that's a really interesting thing Sometimes when a guy asks a girl or something and somebody says no, and I don't mean like a sexual thing, like if a girl, if a guy comes up and says, hey, you want to do something? And she goes, no, you got to hear that, right? But when a guy, you know, she could tell that, you know, she sees in him the that he's down in himself and she doesn't take no for an answer. She just says, you know what? You don't see it, I see it, and I'm going to keep showing it to you. You've got to understand how great you are. And it's very interesting. A lot of women, there are women who are out there, and, you know, it's like they have a upbeat, fun 
you know, you can do it kind of positive energy and sort of it balances. Sometimes, you know, that negative and positive energy comes together. It's sort of like a save me mentality. Like men do that with women. Sometimes women are like, oh, you know, kind of a savey kind of a person. And then the guy comes and saves the day. And then the same thing with men. Sometimes the men are like, oh, you know, I'm down. And the woman comes and saves them. Because there's a purpose in the relationship. Does that make sense? There's a purpose for each other. Um, and they attract each other. Um, but I think with with John, his character, um, Monique just didn't give up. And she she saw that and she... She and then and in a way she became selfless because what she said was and this is where I, I really think this is where it goes to the next level. Can do you wish someone well even if you're not going to get the guy? Like Monique was like, I wish you well, and even in the end when you went back to Beth, like joining to go back to Beth, she still was like she was sad because she loved him, but she didn't do it for that purpose. She really loved him, and she loved him, and that is when you say, I wish you well, and I wish you good things. Even if I don't get you, I wish you the best. And that's why you want her with him. Because you you want Monique and Lane together because she was that selfless. She was just like, she really did love him. Love is when you wish somebody the best, even if you can't get them, right? So I think that's what makes it kind of even stronger in the relationship. But... Did I answer your question or no? I don't Absolutely. <laughs> no, I don't like, remember. wow. I almost got like choked up. Like, <laughs> oh, really? that was, okay. that was really, no, right? that was really good. It's just, that's why that is absolutely like my favorite movie of all time. And it, it's just, it's so deep and, yeah. you know, and thank you for uh, sharing your opinion of those characters. Oh, yeah. because it is, I mean, I think, and I don't know if people understand this because I know it was very, very honest and like real and when we were doing it in the eighties, but real love is selfless. It's when you when you do something and if you don't get it back, you know what? It's okay. Because that's you got it, it's the real thing and that's love, right? It's like you don't expect something back. And today sometimes it seems like people want things back right away because I don't know, they think that they they need it. What they need is attention. But truly real love is like you give, and then you can walk away. And you know what's funny? If it obviously it's meant to, it'll come back. And that's what was really nice with Better Off Dead. It's that John, it, you know, his character, Lane, realizes he gets back, gets, he wins the race, everything's perfect. Why is he not happy? And he realizes it wasn't the goal. It's actually what he, what he really wanted was to be important to someone to be loved and that was Monique and Monique really loved him she would stand by him you know no matter what you know high or low whatever wherever he's at she would stand by him and that is what real love is and I, I just think it's um, and somebody said to me oh they thought better off there was a romance and I thought how interesting we always think of it as this comedy um, but I think it just serves us on many different levels and, I, and that's probably why it you know it, it, and that's why it's one of my favorites I have to say because it does it does, it's the message and the role modeling. So I agree, it's, it's, an, it's an amazing movie. Yeah, it's really awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I'm going to bring it back to Bill and Ted's, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, for the 6 9. Uh, so do you have any funny, uh, like George Carlin, Keanu, Alex, uh, Kimberly, uh, mm -hmm. uh, William Sadler stories, any, anything, uh, 
funny to share or everybody involved? A little funny anecdote about the movie well, or the filming? Uh, Dylan Head was, I'm just trying to think of a different scene. I know that when we did Dylan Head, the ending, and we had to redo it, which was, um, which was really a surprise. Like, they called us and said, oh, we're going to redo the ending. And we were like, what? We don't even, like, that. We, the princess and I, Kimberly, uh, and I were just like, okay, we'll just show up. I think it was like, you know, a month later. Um, and we come to the garage and we met George Carlin. And George was just so, <laughs> he was just unexpected. And I think, and I, and I saw the interview, uh, the bonus pieces in the Blu-ray, uh, where Alex and Nana also said this, that everyone is so surprised at how gentle and well-mannered George Carlin was. Like, because everyone's impression of George Carlin was, to be this rock, you know, loud, um, offensive, uh, kind of big, bigger than life kind of man, because that's what his uh, stand-ups were. And I remember like going and watching his, you know, stand-up routines when I was a kid, and you know, he was hilarious, but he, and very acerbic, and just kind of very. He would just say what he thought, and there was no hesitation and passiveness or anything like that. But when we met him in person, he was so, like, genteel. And he's like, hello, nice to meet you. And, oh, pleasure. And, and like, very, just so well-mannered and so just lovely. And I, I think that just threw us, uh, uh, the entire group, you know, I mean, Phil and, you know, uh, Alice and Piano and Kimberly and I were just, I think, thrown by how well-mannered he was and how, um, Sweet. And uh, that, I think, was just a funny experience um, to work with him. And very, his energy was very calm. And I don't know if he did that as a character, but it just seemed like who he was. A very calm, cent- being very centered uh, guy. Or at least maybe appreciative of where he was in life. And he was very gracious. I have to say, that was probably the word that described him the best. So, um, and then when we were doing that scene, because we just came into the scene when we all played instruments in the band we just came up with ideas and, and Kimberly and I were like okay so if you do the drums and then I'll do the piano and we're going to play as if we have absolutely no idea what this is what's the piano you know because we're from another time period so we don't even understand what these are you know it's like somebody giving you a, an object in the future and you're like I don't know what this object is but I'll just try it so uh, it was very fun playing that last uh, scene you see where we're all playing together because it's as if like uh, you know you come to from a different time period if we went to the future you know uh, 500 years from now it would be like what what are these instruments what is what is an instrument so um, what does it do if I touch it so that kind of fun experience uh, when we were working as you know actors in the scene um, but I have to tell you I just I just think that this new villain head is going to be hilarious and I think we're going to get a lot of backstory on the characters, you know, um, and there's going to be sort of inside jokes, you know, that those who've seen Bill and Ted's original are going to love it. And I, I'm just so excited. And whether I'm in it or not, honestly, I just wish that film so much luck. And I hope so many people see it because it just spreads positive, good energy to us. And we need that. You know, we need positive, good hopeful, great energy. And that's what I hope for the film. 
and I think uh, Keanu is like the co-writer on it, or he's actually writing the script, or some of the script, or he has some creative input. I do think I think that the both sides have creative input on it. Um, they've been working with Ed. And it's just a labor of love. But think, okay, so here's a great here's Keanu, We're a huge star, huge star. Isn't it just awesome? It's totally excellent that he wants to do it. You know, I think most of the time people are going, it's, you know, this film's not being made because does Keanu want to do it? Oh, he's going to say no. And boy, he's so into it and so excited. That is what makes me excited that he's into it as well. And Alex, obviously, the fact that the two guys want to do it, it's got to be a hit because they are so into it. And there's some really great surprises, which I can't talk about, um, but they're going to be, the audience is going to go crazy. Yeah, They're just going to go now. And, you know, Alex, of course, like, he's kind of not really been in the acting game, but, I mean, as a filmmaker and as a documentary maker, I mean, if yeah. you just go on Netflix, folks, and you just, uh, or just go on IMDb or whatever and check out Alex Went, he's been a very busy person for the past so many, like, you know, since Bill and Ted's came oh. out 30 years ago. And, uh, you know, his documentaries are just incredible. I mean, uh, he's, well, and yeah. This is an example of, okay, so when we did Bill and Ted, Alex was already, like, you could see that he was director. Like, he, they, he and Keanu were think, sitting and, like, they were thinking about shots and, like, what they wanted to do. And they already, like, you could see Alex as a director at that age. There was, like, we, I saw it. It was, it was happening. What I think is great is that he went and ventured into that direction. Because, and it was at a time where when you were an actor, you were an actor. You did one thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, in, in the 80s, when you were a, a person in the entertainment business, people saw you when you were an actor, you were a director, you were a producer. You did not cross those lines. Today, everybody does everything. If you can do it, do it, right? So what's really awesome to me is seeing Alex become a uh, director and work and work and work, but he's allowing himself to act again. To me, that is a gift. Like, Again, like, you would never think years later that, you know, he'd maybe want to go back to acting or perhaps even uh, Keanu, like, you know, wanting to do Bill and Ted. But that's where I think they are so, and they are so, they understand the value that these films have for people and that, it's, it's, again, labor of love is, is a gift. And so these guys are, are going to make it happen. And I'm just excited to see it. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know when it'll come out. Probably, you know, who knows? Maybe the end of next year or the following year. Who knows? I'm just, I just am grateful that someone is making this film. <laughs> they're making so much history. Yeah, I mean, I saw Bill and Ted back in the theater uh, when I was, yeah, I, I don't even know, remember how old I was, but I, um, a long time ago, folks. But um, but when I saw it, it was it's just a fun movie from start to finish, and it's one of those movies like mm -hmm. when you watch, it's not like Better Off Dead, or like some of your other movies, like you know, like even your present projects, you know, the horror movies and whatnot. Yeah. It's not like those. It's well, like it's it's a like one of those movies you kind of walk in, not mm -hmm. you know it's going to be a comedy, you know it's going to be like an adventure kind of comedy, uh, but. It's just when I saw that movie for the first time and even when I've seen it recently, like which is probably like my twenty my 20th viewing or something. It's just one of those movies that makes me happy from minute one to minute 
you know, like 68 or however long the movie is. It's not a very right. long movie, but it makes me very happy. And it's not deep. It's not, but it's very creative and it's very well thought out. And the characters are amazing. The acting is good. You know, it's just like one of those solid, like, it's almost like a perfect movie, like from, yeah. you know, moment. Well, it's here. I'll tell you what, what I see in that film, Better Up Dead is really like the, there's a romance there, but Bill and Ted is about buddy, buddy friendship. And the reason why you leave that film feeling great is because you're, it's like best friends. It's like being with your best friends and having a great time, the whole film. And that relationship, we don't see a lot of people like getting along and having each other's back. Do you know what I'm saying? And when you see that, you feel like, you know what? Like, I want a best Like, I love, I want to have fun with somebody. And in that film, you notice Bill and Ted never turn on each other. They never put each other down. They always have each other's back. And that relationship is what I think we love. We want a best friend like Bill or Ted. We want to be with those guys. And I think the relationship is key to understanding like why we love to see them together because they they're two guys who do love each other and it's like and what's wrong with that that's like amazing we want best friends you know um, and I think to me that's where where like I why I enjoy like looking at each other it's the relationship and when you see Bill and Better Up Dead it's the same thing it's the relationship we want to find that in our lives and we want we like that. We, we want to have that for ourselves. So I, I think when, every time like you think God so many times, it's like you're going, I want a friend like that. <laughs> friends with those guys. <laughs> they just are, they have each other's back 100%. Absolutely, I agree. And uh, I had to ask you, Diane, uh, who's your favorite of all the people that they bring back to the future or to the future? Oh, that is so hard. But you know, because there's so many, they were all amazing. I mean, okay, the guy who played Abe Lincoln was perfect. Okay, perfect. I mean, they were all Stephen Freud, hilarious. So funny. Uh, so crazy, right? That would be, um, wow, he was a great actor. I mean, well, I think I, every, I believe everyone, but I have to say, I think my favorite was Napoleon. Because, he played Napoleon exactly how I would imagine Napoleon to play every situation in human time. He was egocentric. He was like a little, like he was like a two-year-old. He was like, this is mine. I eat this. I want that. He was that part of psyche, uh, that, that little kid who, who is narcissistic, you know, like this all about me. But it's fearing because of, uh, you know, he's so, there's a stubbornness and the kind of like what he wants to, it's sort of like a two-year-old, but now grown up. And so it's when he has a tantrum and he sort of goes, oh my God, like, it's just really, it was just really endearing and funny. So I have to say Napoleon is probably my favorite. I know. Just, I mean, maybe he was just also because we got to see him in so many different situations. And Joan of Arc, lovely. I wish I had stayed, I'd explored her character more. Uh, but I just, she's wonderful. And I, I didn't, um, I think that that was a fun, you know, it was really fun that they brought her with the, you know, her uh, working out, you know, kind of thing, and it gave her, like, that was her thing that she did. Oh, my God. Okay. And that was uh, Jane oh, Weedling from the Go-Go's, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, she was lovely and just so fun, and um, just, I, I think they were just, 
just not, I believe them all. I just believed all those characters really coming from the past and they acted it well. And I think everyone believed them, you know, it was, but it was done in such a, it wasn't campy, wasn't over the top. They, we really believed that all those characters were those people. And I just love that. Yeah, I mean, I, even with the princesses, you know, we were just a couple of, you know, princesses. In fact, when we did the film, him and I, um, we never thought that we were going to even be remembered. Right. We, never, we never thought, because we were just the princesses, you know, we, we weren't part of the storyline, really, so we never thought people would remember us. And, oh my gosh, it's probably one of the films I get the most, um, I mean, obviously because the villain head gets to is a general demographic, but I get remember uh, Bill and Ted uh, recognized from Bill and Ted a lot, which is funny to me. Out of all the films, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, uh, and I know that you and Kimberly Cates have actually appeared at some conventions and cosplay, and you know, with the yes. nice uh, the nice princess garb and all that, right? Oh my gosh! Okay, so Tim and I. Um, we came together and we came together, we come together, you know, every year sort of, we started coming together regarding Bill and Ted's Day. That's sort of like, where we went, oh, let's do something to the fans or, you know, just let's get together. And then uh, we were offered to do something at the Microsoft Theater. Uh, actually, I was offered to do something there. And then I said, well, let's bring Kim and we'll do a Bill and Ted thing because it has to do with music. I mean, I thought that was like sort of a no brainer. I'm like, oh my gosh, if we're, doing something and introducing a band, wouldn't that be great to do it as the princesses? Like, how fun is that? So, Kim and I got together and we just pulled it together and um, we introduced um, a band at the Microsoft Theater for uh, as, as the princesses. And I just thought, what a great callback to all the people, because it was an 80s show. Um, and it was, uh, I think, Cares 101 put on the show in uh, I think it was forgot the theater, but it was so with that was Microsoft Theater, but there was one down in um, Anaheim, I think we did it there. So or Irvine, and I, we wound up doing a, a show down there, and it just was such a gift to, to bring back the Lintet. And I know that the audience loved it because they loved the eighties. So most people who are grew up in the eighties were at least aware of the Lintet. So that was so much fun. So yeah, we bring it back, and um, you know. Who knows if we'll ever do it again, but I just really thought um, that's a fun way to, to, you know, for the fans who love Bill and Ted to do that. Oh, the princesses are still together and they're friends and we all hang out uh, lovely to each other. Oh, excellent to each other. Yeah, in real life, and it would be great. And maybe, you know, I'll try to start something online today. It would be great to see you back reprising those roles because, I mean, yeah. it's I don't understand why they didn't cast you beautiful princesses from the second movie, but you know, um, I haven't seen the movie in a long time. It's a great movie, but to me, the first one is like kind of the classic perfect movie. And so I think that they should bring you back. I think for the second one, I thought, um, originally I thought, um, and I don't know that for me, I think they want to keep those guys sort of free. And I think if they had had us in the second movie, it almost maybe would be about the four of us. And I don't know if that would have been good. I think it is nice that they're just the princesses. So that's fine, but it would be really lovely to be back to the, to the Philatex suite. Um, because that, again, is, it just is a callback to, uh, you know, seeing everybody together and that we are exposed to each other. So, uh, so 
I hopefully you and I will have another interview, uh, and if that works out, we'll talk, um, maybe we'll talk about if it does go through. I'll I'll announce it with you, Michelle. <laughs> Sounds awesome. And I know uh, you know last time we talked, which I believe was around six nine, a couple years back, you were uh, in the very beginning of production on two movies, and I think uh, you were working on. Waking Nightmare at the time, and maybe the Amityville yes. murders at the same time, or it was um, the, the final interview, and um, and then I was working on yeah the Waking Nightmare, which um, I don't know when they're coming out. They were supposed to come out this year, so we'll see. But um, I since then I did a movie called uh, Wally Got Wasted, which is hilarious, and they're trying to get that out in the theaters or in. Uh, Netflix or Amazon. I think they're moving that forward in that direction. But I just went to the screening and it was sold out, which was wonderful. Nice. They had like a fantastic food screening. And, um, but the big one is that's coming out this year, um, is the Amityville Murders as a haunting on Long Island. And that one is a remake, not exactly, but it is the true story actually of the Amityville Murders. And so it's a real it's not a documentary, it's a docudrama that's based on the true story. But I now play, whereas I, in the 80s and 1982, I play, or 83, I played um, Patricia Montelli in Amityville 2, The Possession. And today in this film, I play the mother, Louise DeFeo, which is a true, a real person. And she is murdered by her son in 1974 so it's a period piece and it's real and that's going to be coming out this year and I can't say more details on it but it will be coming out this year and I think when that film is best acting I've done in my life it's hands down best act I've done in the Amityville Murders film and people are going to flip out when we see it and they're going to it's, it's such a good film I, my, um, my husband and my daughter we're able to see it. My son wasn't around, but my kids, um, my husband and my daughter saw the film and the cast and crew screening and they just turned to me and went, oh my gosh, you was really good. Like, they were so impressed and just so, they, and the movie, they loved the movie. Like, That's a really good movie. And so, for my family to say that is huge because they, you know, I you are around the entertainment business a lot and you see a lot of things. And so, I was really happy to hear their response because I kind of knew it in my heart. Like, I could feel it. Yeah, we will see. But I think, again, if, if people were from the 80s and they watched that other film and then they see this, they're going to be blown away. It, it not many actresses get to do something like that. And I'm, I think I'm the only actress who's ever died in the same story, but as different roles. Do you know what I mean? Like, the same kind of, because I played the daughter there and now I have a daughter in this film. Um, so it's going to be and interesting and it's a great film the acting in this film is so so awesome and so excellent and um just just talented talented people um and um yeah there's going to be some, some other familiar people so who knows what will be in my future we'll see if acting goes in my direction i'm just grateful just grateful that i have everything so far great and that's all I need. If, if, if uh, I never act again, well, then that I'm still grateful. What a year. Yeah, I mean, will this movie scare um, the shit out of me, Diane? Or, or is, uh, is it scary? Yeah, no. 
Well, thing is, it's not going to scare you like uh, bloody. Like, it's not going to be like, it's going to scare you like really. <laughs> it's yeah. going to scare you like you're going to, it's going to hit you. It's going to hit you. It's one of, it's, you know, sometimes like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a cheap scare. It's like a real scare. It's creepy. I, I like movies like, I like, I like movies are, are really scary and not over the top. Um, but, uh, but it, it, yeah, you get creeped out, but it's not gory, I would say, right? Because it's based on a real life story. I don't know. I think it sticks with you. I would want to, I would, everyone left that theater after we saw it, everyone was taking it in and like talking to each other. I think maybe out of the nervousness, like, you know, like, oh my gosh, like sort of like everyone taking it in. So, um, yeah, yeah, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. It's, it's scary, but it's, it's awesome. Sounds, so, and that yeah, sounds good. So check it out. The Amityville mur- Murders. Yeah. And is there like a loose time Amityville, frame when they hold Amityville? It'll be probably Amityville Murders. And if you want to see what this looks like now, you go to Amityville Murders trailer. Um, and that sort of gives you the, the sense of it. But the film is, the trailer is creepy, but the film is just awesome. I mean, you are, you are a whole not Jewish group watching it. It's really good. And I mean, the sad thing is obviously you know, based on a true story, I mean, that is, but I still, I really don't think it's sort of, like, because it was based on so many facts, and the director um, was um, Daniel Franz, and he did the documentary on Amityville, so he knew all the facts of what actually happened. He was very respectful to the film, and very, like, it wasn't sensational at all. And there were directions where I thought, oh, we're going to be pushing this in this direction, he did which is great. So I think if anyone watches the film, I mean, if you're going to do a, a story about someone's life, I think it's going to make people have empathy for the people in this film. I mean, in this situation, and uh, you know, it's a hard, it's a fine line when you're doing something that's based on a true story. It really is. And I tried to make it as respectful as I could and as realistic as I could to, you know, Louise, because that's, you know, her life. You know, she was. You know, somebody who, you know, loved her family and, and then, you know, stuff happens and you have to stand by people. And anyway, family is important. Absolutely. <laughs> I need to bring it in on down note, but yeah, it's going to be intense. Get ready for some intense things. Anyway, it's still intense day. Yeah, it um, is. It is still intense day. They and, um, to each other. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, but I mean, you know, it's, it's not. Uh, but it's not a comedy, Amityville Murders. So right. it's, you know, it's not. That's what I love about all movies and like '80s movies. You know, it's yeah. like I love horror movies. I love comedies. I love dramas. Um, and and isn't that wonderful? Like, you know, I was talking to somebody recently how we, the, this generation, everything is available to you. So what happens is now the new audience will be discerning, which will be you know kids and. Um, you know, teenagers are going to view things and they're going to see everything, but now they decide what they want to see and what they don't want to see. So I think young audiences really need to know, like, now it's up to your world. If you want to put negative stuff in your head, 
be prepared to deal with it. Like, if you watch something negative and you feel bad afterwards, don't watch it. But if you can watch something that's serious that you can enjoy it, go, yeah, okay, that was pretty cool. And you can be objective about it. Like, and it can make you feel energized. Great. Just watch your energy and watch, like, know that you are deciding what information you want to put in and understand how that affects you and don't do it without understanding. Like, don't do it arbitrarily. And then, because sometimes people watch things and then they get really depressed, right? I think you're like, you know, you can be on the phone all the time and you make these things, but if it makes you down, don't do it, right? But if you see things and like makes you feel like, yeah, I love that. I want to be creative or it makes me want to go do something cool um, or, you know, makes me want to go make a friend or hang out or, you know, it puts me in a good head, then you know it's the right thing to watch. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, all, hopefully all film is art. You know, I know that's questionable right. sometimes, but at the end of the day, it's art. And I just think that, you know, art is great. And as a regular viewer and not a, even close to a filmmaker myself or anything or an actor or anything like that, you know, it's interesting to, I, I do watch a lot of movies, so I notice things like cinematography, but even when I don't notice right. things like cinematography or lighting or things like that, if it evokes a, a certain mood out of me or, mm -hmm. or viewers in general, and then it's like, you know, right there, even if it's a film about not necessarily the most uh, uh, chippy of subject matter, uh, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, it's if it's evoking some kind of emotion and thought within you as an art, I mean, it doesn't always have to be uh, Bill and Ted's, you know, uh, yep. feel great from second one to the end of the movie, you know, and even though they're going to the Iron Maiden, which is mm -hmm. excellent, you know, it's, you know, it's not, it's still a comedy and you, you don't feel too right. bad about it because you know that they're not actually, you know, but in movies like, yeah. you know, Amityville Murders, like, Things like going yeah. to the Iron Maiden, which they don't do, I'm sure, in that movie, but it's yeah. actually real. And not only that, but it's based on something that happened in real life, which is kind of, yeah. you know, it needs to be treated with a certain amount of sensitivity but and respect. But with that being said, you still want to see some creativity and some uh, 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 creativity, I guess, when the storytellers are telling the story because, you know, it's... Yes. You know, nobody wants to see a bland movie without right. any kind of emotion being uh, drawn out of us as viewers. So you want to see something that's going to make you either think or laugh or right. uh, think feel, feel something. Right. And, you know, I mean, you're bringing up a very good point, and that is, I think, truly, that kids or adults now today have much more education in watching film because there's so many, and we've been raised watching movies and television, right? So the layman, like the person who maybe a long time ago would have just been a viewer, a lot of people watch films now are more are looking at it from a from a filmmaking standpoint, even if they're not filmmakers, because they're they and like you said, they're looking at it as an art. And then there are other people, let's say in, in countries where maybe they don't have television, they don't have film. I mean I know like I get a lot of I get people from like other like third world countries, like they're going, Oh my gosh, I love you know, like I love this you can't they, they don't get to be I love your character. They go, I love you. Right? Like they're like, I love like, you know, they they sort of talk, they go, Oh, I would never have done that to Gary or like, you know, there's so many things that people feel like they just accept the story and they just believe that 
that all real. And it, they may be associated also with something that happens in their own life. But our American audience in general is, you know, people are raised sort of more educated and watching a lot of films. And so when you watch something, you know, you can choose what, you know, the kind of thing. But with the young, you kind of watch something and you sort of take a surprise, like um, you uh, how it affects you because you weren't that knowledgeable on film yet. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, you're just like, for instance, like a lot of 12-year-olds that do like the American version. I'm like, where are your parents? But whatever. Um, and those kids who are so young are affected by the story. They don't look at cinematography. They don't look at anything. They just don't by what it made to them. And that sort of gets under before they're able to understand how things are made, right? And then, um, but then it stays with them. You know, these films, like, they watch them young. Um, as you get older, you start going, you know, that's an act, that's a director, and that was put there purposely, or that was a story that the person did. But maybe they didn't live, that they didn't live, but they were, you know, shown that that person is. We become more educated. Um, but I think that we, we all have, as we get older, we can choose it, but it's those early films. That's why I think, like, even all those 80s films, when, when he, everyone who's an 80s person watches this, you watch this growing up and accepted your life. Like, these films, they brought you hope or happiness or, you know, that's why it's like Bill and Ted, Better Off Dead, like, those films brought you maybe a sense of, like, what you want your relationships to be like and, you know, your friendships. Um, they maybe started, you know, where you, you know, giving you ideas of what you wanted to have in your life. So, um, it's just interesting how a film evolves and, and affects life affects film and film affects life, you know, work back and forth. Um, but it's uh, it's just amazing. And I'm just as you said, you're you're coming from a viewer point of view and not a filmmaker point of view, but yet at the same time you have filmmaking you know, understanding because you are examining films. And saying to yourself, saying to yourself, what makes this film good? Why would I want to watch this over something else? And have that head to understand when you leave a film, how does it make you feel? You know, how does it make you feel? So I just want to tell everyone who watches Bill and Ted that you are most excellent. And I am, I am honored to have you as a, as a fan of Bill and Ted. And I hope that I can bring you more happiness as princess and that I can bring my sister, um, Princess, Elizabeth, uh, Princess Elizabeth, or if in the future, Princess Joanna, <laughs> perhaps we can make your day even more excellent in the future. Awesome. And thank you so much, Diane, for talking. Um, I did want to ask you one more quick question, if you had okay. uh, just maybe like a minute or two more. And uh, what is your favorite non-Diane Franklin 80s movie? Wow. Mm. Now my mind is going back to all the different. Wow. I'm sorry I don't have a quick answer because I'm like going into my brain and thinking about all the different films. Sheesh. Hmm. Wow. What are all the films? Well. Okay, I do. Well, I have to say, and this is interesting, because I mean, I'm thinking about like obviously Molly Ringwald films and 
you know, Breakfast Club and um, just all the different 80s films that were popular. And then when I'm thinking about it, actually, I mean, I know this is kind of strange. I think I think I like Flashdance. <laughs> sure. Which is which is the only reason I'm saying that is because that had such a huge effect on the world. Although, and it's most 80s. When you're saying 80s film, I'm thinking that is 80s. Um, I mean, there were so many other films that, like deeper films, um, that were coming out at the time. But when I think of an example of an 80s film and that upbeat feeling, that was really flashdance. And actually, it was funny. I auditioned for flashdance. Um, that's way at the beginning. Uh, so that's, I mean, it was an interesting, it's very commercial, but it was also a film where one of the first films I, that also was female lead, you know, I mean, like Molly Ringwald was that. I mean, I like Breakfast Club too. Um, Wow, that's very interesting. So, so you were up against uh, Jen, uh, Jessica Biel. Uh, is that her name? Je- uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Biel. Jennifer oh, Biel. Yeah. Je- Jessica yeah, so Biel is a, t- a present day actress. I, I auditioned for it at the beginning and I got a contract, but they were, oh, and then, you know, and I went for, I was free to for a Karate Kid also, which was, uh, which is another film I, I love too. That was a great film. But, um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Have what you seen I, Cobra I mean, Kai yet? You know, the, the show, the new show, Cobra Kai on um, YouTube? Oh, I don't know that. What is it? Oh, you haven't heard about this? Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, it's a brand new show. It's actually like a smash hit show, but it's um, Ralph Macchio and uh, Billy Zapka who played uh, the Johnny Lawrence, the bad guy, basically, in oh. Karate Kid. It's about them like nowadays, and it's an awesome, like, kind of lighthearted, but a little bit dramatic at times. It's a really great uh, web series on YouTube. Oh, interesting. So, uh, yeah, how fun people bringing stuff back. So what is it called again? Say it again. It's called uh, Cobra Kai. Okay. All right, cool. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. A great choice on Flashdance. I love that movie as well. Uh, great character. Uh, yeah, I've already I mean, had slipped earlier, but it's Jennifer Beale. I'm trying to go back. I mean, I have to say I, I, I'm partial better off dead because that really, to me, that film did it all. Um, and it really also influenced Nickelodeon, uh, you know, entertainment because Dan Schneider wound up doing Schneider's Bakery and then Savage wound up working for Dan and doing like a lot of directing for him. Um, so that sense of humor from Better Off Dead went into Nickelodeon, I think. Um, but I really, I don't know, Flashdance, it just, it changed everything. And it also brought in the ethnic um, look, you know, ethnic ethnicity, like with Jennifer, uh, made ethnicity mainstream. Does that make sense? Like I started actually bringing curly hair into the 80s in 82, and curly hair became, I mean, I was the reason why everybody got perfect. That black smart version, that film came out and it kick started all ethnicities. All of a sudden I got lead after lead and then Jennifer's part came in. So I think it sort of led into that. And I think just we landed by the end of eight ethnicity was more American and ethnic women were we never thought of it as ethnic. It became like just dark haired beauties and you know sort of it just evolved. Um but I think that opened up a whole way of a new way of thinking, and I think that that's why I'm kind of 
have to say, I have to give that gentleman its due because that was an important change in culture, you know? Absolutely. And growing up, Diane, I actually thought you were French in real life. I seriously like didn't realize that you weren't French. Like I first realized rather that you weren't French probably about 15 years ago or so, or 10 years ago or something. So that's, that's kind of the best yeah. compliment. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. That makes me have a big smile on my face now. Yeah. So that, you know, that's just, you know, what I love about Bill and Ted's as well is that, you know, I believed in the characters. The characters were so kind of endearing and on their journey, you got so attached to them that, you know, even when I watch it now, like I don't, you know, think of uh, Ted as being Keanu Reeves, like this mega John Wick level uh, superstar, you know, the Matrix and all this. I think of him as Ted, you know, and it's like, you know, and I think that that is the sign of great writing. And then on top of that, Mm -hmm. people delivering their lines and putting uh, an emotion into the character, or even though Bill and Ted's, you know, like I was saying earlier, isn't the deepest movie, you know, but still it's fun and people are having fun when they're making the film. So you believe it, you know, and it's just, you're along yeah. for the journey. No, and, and positive, again, it's so under, uh, undervalued, but and a light movie brings happiness. And, and, you know, you can accomplish a lot from a, a positive energy from positive and, you know, emotion. And it is great. I mean, it becomes, I think that's why we are still talking about it right now. Still energy, you know, positive, good thoughts. And um, just, it's a fun movie. So pass, I hope everyone passes it down to their kids, you know, sits and watches it with their families. I think that's really fun. And uh, we'll see about the next one. Well, but regardless, everyone has a face-to-face day. Yes. Well, Diane, I appreciate this so much. And uh, everybody out there, go see Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And uh, uh, have a great 69, Diane. Uh, and most, thank you so much. And um, most have the most triumphant day in the world. And, uh, it's lovely talking to you. Yes. So thank you're you most, so much. You're most a lovely, inspiring uh, person. And I'm so grateful to be on your show. Awesome. And uh, thank you so much, Diane. I appreciate it. All righty. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Till next time. Toodaloo.